As we constantly move forward, there's a continuing and urgent need for higher education. It's necessary for tomorrow's future and for a dynamically changing workforce. As the need for education is changing, so is education itself. Welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education with your host, Dave Goldberg. In this program, we'll discuss the complex changes that are being made to higher education today, and we'll help you stay ahead of tomorrow. If you're a student, educator, or in the workforce. Now, here's Dave Goldberg. Good day and welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. I'm Dave Goldberg. I'm your show host. And Big Beacon is a movement to transform higher education at bigbeacon.org. In every episode, we explore some of the innovators and innovations that are changing the world of higher education all around us. And you can follow live tweeting of the show, ask questions, or make comments about the show during the program on Twitter at hashtag Big Beacon. The first segment of Big Beaconers Radio is sponsored by Olin College, a new kind of engineering college, a privately funded national lab for education redesign with a passion for creating inspiring learning experiences. Find out more at olin.edu. And today uh, we we have someone who's been on the show before, uh, Catalina Copemans from the National University of uh, uh, Singapore. Welcome to the show, Catalina. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be back. And and uh, Cat, we've been you've been on the show before, and we explored um, some of the things uh, that you were doing then, but. Um, uh, you're an, actually an outgoing faculty member and director of studies at Tembusu College. You've recently become a coach yourself, and, and you're embarking on a new chapter in your career, and we're going to talk about some of those things. But And we previously oh, talked okay. to you about earlier influences and in un, unleashing, uh, but b- before we start, what one, two, or three things would you like our listeners to know about you before we get started? Yeah, um, I thought it might be good for me to uh, uh, um, give a little sketch of uh, Tembusu College very briefly uh, because it's a a bit of an unusual place within the university or unusually situated and uh, that means uh, it's uh, um, uh, a special place to be a faculty member and also to be a student I think. So so this is a a residential college uh, living learning environment um, and we do have an academic program, but the students who come to us basically enroll in uh, any faculty or school uh, at uh, the, universe, the National University of Singapore, which is a big university. And then they can elect uh, to also apply to Tembusu College or one of our sister colleges uh, to, to have a, sort of an enriched university experience. So, uh, so if they, they come to us, they will live... Uh, at Tembusu, they will also take uh, interdisciplinary seminar-style classes, uh, which, uh, as a faculty member, I teach some of those classes. So, uh, in particular, my the classes I teach are on fakes and forgeries uh, and uh, time and life. Um, so, uh, they're, they tend to be nice interdisciplinary topics that many students can relate to and where we can really... Um, also, in a small small group setting, really work together quite quite nicely and in interesting ways. Um, and there are lots of out of classroom engagements as well that uh, that faculty and students participate in. Uh, so 
and 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 those are uh, to some extent uh, structured. So um, we always have a lot of guests over, and uh, yeah, there's something faculty organized. But to some extent, to a very large extent, they are also unstructured and unscripted for students to uh, basically uh, yeah do do whatever it is they want to do, organize themselves, um, gather, do projects, um, uh, take up. Um, various kinds of initiatives. And so uh, uh, the tagline that, that we have for the college is home of possibilities. This is something students chose and over the years it's really grown into um, a home of possibilities both for, for faculty and for students. Uh, uh, so there, there's a lot of um, yeah, quite fluid uh, engagement both in and outside classrooms uh, that characterizes the, the space. So I wanted to sketch that so that people know a little bit of the context uh, which might be relevant for what we're going to be talking about later. Um, and then uh, maybe a, a second second brief thing uh, in case people are wondering about my accent. Um, so I am Dutch and I've lived for 23 years in the Netherlands um, and then I went for my graduate studies to the UK uh, where I've stayed for eight years, uh, and I've this is now coming up to my tenth year in Singapore. Uh, so all that I think is in the accent, uh, as well as my watching a fair amount of uh, American films and, and TV series. Um, so yeah, maybe those things to to start us off. Sure, uh, and thanks for that, and and thanks for that background, and and. Um... And I think last time we talked, we spoke of your, your unleashing experiences earlier, but maybe, um, but as you know, we, the show is in large part about unleashing, you know, Mark Somerville and I wrote about uh, unleashing and a whole new engineer and, and these experiences where somebody uh, finds the courage to do something that they wouldn't otherwise have done. And so I guess I'm curious either maybe you've had uh, one since we talked last or or maybe you've uh, witnessed yeah. uh, students or faculty unleashing in ways that uh, would be uh, uh, of interest to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I remember you recently uh, talking about a moment when uh, students uh, went out and did something without asking permission. Yes. And uh, that really reminded me of um, uh, of something that happened last year that uh, I think might be nice to share. So uh, and this is a, an, an anecdote of me uh, sitting in the, the International Relations Office at NUS with uh, um, uh, three students who have come with me to explore possibilities of organizing a trip so um, NUS has this structure for uh, organizing enrichment trips. And uh, at Tembusu, we've been uh, experimenting with that uh, the year before uh, when uh, in relation to, uh, to our wildlife and, and uh, conservation and environment uh, uh, interests and, and strengths, yes. uh, a group of students organized a trip uh, to um, Komodo Island and, and other places in Indonesia. And that really had been a, a remarkable thing, and uh, they made a, a short documentary, uh, a wonderful documentary uh, from it as well. 
and um, that had really inspired the next generation of students to be wanting to organize trips again. And so I'm at this office with the with the three students to explore that. And um, the the uh, staff from the international relations office start to set the scene, and they're saying, you know, with these kinds of trips that the university sponsors and you get sponsorship. Uh, you know, we have these different categories of trips, and some are organized by our office, and, and others are, are spearheaded by faculty. And one of the students uh, didn't miss a beat and immediately said, at Tembusu, our trips are student-led. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, to me, that was a, just a very nice moment, because it was not about asking for permission. It was just... Um, uh, yeah, showing what had what had already in a very short time become become a tradition, and um, and to me that really that really connects with the, the theme of unleashing because uh, yeah, organizing these trips is an enormous amount of work and uh, takes an enormous amount of, of dedication and skill and teamwork uh, to do, and and students are are just doing it. I love that story, and, and and I and I'm not sure that, yeah. and our all of our listeners understand what that means in a Singaporean context because you, here's this um, amazing society that is largely built on centralized planning uh, from the top, mm. and 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 a lot of times. Uh, I remember some of my first experiences in coming to Singapore where people would tell me what Singaporean students wouldn't do. They wouldn't answer questions in class. They wouldn't They wouldn't mm. talk about emotion. Yeah. And, and yeah. one by one, you, you disprove those things. And, and uh, um, yeah. it just goes to the, this whole point that this is um, this kind of freedom and unleashing is a human experience. It's not an American experience or a Western experience. It's a, it's a, a human experience and it can happen in those cultures um, where uh, these, and it's actually so interesting and seeing, you know, the whole idea of university town where Tembusu exists is to bring about that sort of thing. Yeah. And yet it's the result of centralized yeah. planning and billions of dollars being spent and, and let's, let's, let's plan for human creativity. But then when it comes about, it's not, it's not this kind of, it, it it's not this thing that's controlled or actually it, it, it happens and it can still be surprising. Comment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think we've seen a lot of um, continue to see uh, these these boundaries blurring between what faculty are supposed to do or what is what is part of administration and what yes. students can do. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and this this story is an example of that. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and and there are others others as well. I mean, uh, we have a new. Um, fairly new ed- education working group where students also are, are now uh, becoming real partners in, in um, yeah, the, the, the way we run our, our academic program or um, become a lot more involved in thinking with us about that. Um, yep. And I think that's also a boundary that, yeah, I, I don't know, a few years ago I wouldn't have thought we could blur it, but it's, yeah, it's, that space keeps increasing. Yeah, well, and that it can happen. Yeah, that yeah. it can happen in Singapore um, says you know it's. Um, I always think of engineering education as sort of the um, 
touchstone, you know, so if you can do emotion and, and deep cultural change in, in engineering education, you can do it anywhere. And in a certain way, um, for some of these things, uh, from a national cultural point of view, uh, you know, in some, on some lists, uh, Singapore is on, is, is least emotional yet. Uh, my experience in Singapore says that, uh, no, uh, it, and no, it's not on the surface. And yes, there are sort of cultural taboos about talking about certain things, but once you get underneath it, it, it's all there. It's just, it's all just human stuff, which leads us to what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about coaching and its role in bringing these kinds of uh, changes about. And I think it's fair to say that that you're being coached and coaching others has played an important role in 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 um, in your life. And so, um, let, let's talk about your your academic career and when coaching the different times in your career when coaching um, mm. uh, affected you. When did, when did you seek out coaching? What was, uh, what were you thinking about? What was that all about for you? Yeah. Yeah. So here uh, we're, we're switching gears a little bit. Um, yeah. And this, uh, yeah, this takes me back to uh, uh, actually when I first started at, at NUS, National University of Singapore uh, in 2008, Nine. Yeah. Um, eight. Um, so I, um, uh, I came uh, because there was a re- really great opportunity to um, help build capacity uh, in teaching and, and research in my field. And um, I was offered a tenure track position, so I was on tenure track. Um, and uh, after a few months, I uh, felt that I needed some help or I would like some help to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had moved to a, a new country, a new part of the world that was uh, uh, unfamiliar to me. Um, it was a new, uh, it, it was a dis- bit of a disciplinary shift as well. I was in, in business schools uh, for a number of years and moved to uh, Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences to Sociology, which I really wanted to do, but again, it was sort of new territory. And then the tenure track itself and the, you know, the clock that comes with that. So I thought, uh, hmm, I would like some advice or I'd like to get some help figure out how to navigate this. And um, uh, I didn't find it all that easy to, to get that help. And, and I think, uh, you know, because there, there surely were people around who were, were happy to give advice and uh, share ideas. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I didn't always feel it was, it, it was all that helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't always feel it, it really connected with what I wanted to do or what was important to me. Yeah. About this job and about how 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 I wanted to to do it or do, make make something good out of it. Uh, and then when I um, when I was home in the Netherlands for Christmas, my stepmother suggested you know she knew somebody who who she'd worked with as, as a coach hmm. and said, well maybe maybe that guy uh, could uh, could be a good person to for you to talk to. And I thought, oh, this is actually great because this would be a Dutch person. He will understand. I had this thing at the time that I thought there was something cultural about this, or that mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, it would be helpful to be advised by by a Dutch person or work with a Dutch person on this for some reason. Um, yeah. 
And, uh, and we started and, um, and that was really helpful. So that was about really thinking about where am I, um, how do I want to plan my tenure track? What do I want to, um, make of it? And, uh, uh, what's important to me? And, you know, all these questions that are, uh, you know, coaching questions. And, and we also made a plan and, um, and I started, uh, working towards that plan. And then, um, about two years in, um, I got a strong signal from the department that, uh, that things weren't going so well. I had a, a review, uh, where, um, it became clear that, um, I wasn't publishing uh, enough or fast enough, and uh, and it, that this was um, yeah becoming becoming a problem. So um, so it was a really difficult conversation with my my head of department at the time about um, sure yeah you know you you realize you're in this position where you think things are going well and you've got it and you know you planned this and you prepared this and you have a coach and you're <laughs> You know, yeah. you're here, you're doing this. And from the other side, it's, hmm, sorry, this is not looking good, and, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, we're not sure this, this is going to work out. And um, uh, so the, so I was put on a, a sort of um, uh, shorter contract, and um, uh, my coach really, uh, really helped me a lot. In, in that, you know, when that happened, uh, there was another dimension of coaching that I became familiar with, or acquainted with, um, which was about, yeah, okay, circumstances change. Now what? Now what? Now yeah. what? You know, everything that comes into this, how do you feel, but also what is now possible? And I remember distinctly that um, uh, I was upset and I was, and, and, you know, my coach let me be upset, but after a few calls, he started to tell me to stop feeling sorry for myself. Hmm. So that, is, that really is another side to it. Um, yeah. And started, yeah, started to steer me towards what can you do, what are, what are the opportunities. And uh, uh, Timbusu had just um, been announced, really. It hadn't really... The building hadn't been completed at that time, and uh, uh, um, yeah, the, the college didn't exist as such. But um, uh, a master had been appointed. My my boss, Greg Clancy, had been appointed, and um, uh, and that started to be uh, the option on the horizon, which uh, initially we talked about as a plan B, and then uh, when I explored that with my coach and with Greg, quickly became a plan A as something that would suit me better, uh, that would be really interesting as a new... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a startup, this new part of the university where I could, um, uh, yeah, go go all out with things that, that I was interested in doing, uh, interdisciplinary education, um, and really build this place. So, uh, yeah, so that was... That was kind of my first encounter with coaching, and that was bound up with that shift uh, that I made internally. Uh, so I decided to move off of the tenure track um, even uh, a little bit before. Yeah. Um, and uh, thanks I had for to, or my it, contract was up. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for being willing to share th- that that 
uh, story with our listeners. Let's take a little bit of a break and come back. Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about coaching and then have that segue into some of coaching in in Tembusu at at NUS. Uh, Let's do that. Okay. uh, How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. So, yeah, great. So this is... This is Big Beacon um, Radio with our special guest, Catalina Copemans. And uh, in the next segment, we're going to continue this conversation about coaching a little bit and then talk about coaching in an academic setting at National University of Singapore. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of 3Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Big Beacon Radio. The uh, second segment is sponsored by 3Joy Associates. Get the training, coaching, and change leadership consultation to help transform your educational institution or organization. You can make comments uh, on Twitter at hashtag Big Beacon. And we're back with Catalina Copemans from the National University of uh, Singapore. And, and Catalina, in the last uh, segment, we were talking a little bit about your experience um, uh, with uh, academic coaching, uh, what else would you what else would you like to s- say about uh, your being coached and and how that's affected your your life, your career, and so forth? Yeah, so um, I spoke about that that first experience earlier, and um, uh, my uh, second experience was actually when I was uh, was at Tambusu and uh, was with you Dave when you were uh, when you were there uh, for a whole semester and um uh, you know were collaborating with me but also coaching me yeah. and um and I think you know at that time where the first experience had very much been I thought I thought coaching to know to figure out how to navigate the tenure track at that later time it was a lot more about 
okay, this job has so many possibilities and I really like this job and it's, it's really, I really feel um, there's, yeah, there's, there's so much room for me to, uh, to do interesting things here. So how do I, um, how do I really step into that? And, and I remember we worked on, on leadership, uh, which, you know, was a, a challenging and has been a challenging issue for me. And also uh, a busyness or, uh, you know, overloading mm. uh, and those kinds of themes to, uh, to, to, clear, to clear the way for, uh, yeah, me really, really stepping into director studies job, really designing curriculum, really working with students and, and colleagues. Um, and uh, and it's been and that that's been tremendously helpful as well. Yeah. Uh, and and then, yeah. And and so so yeah. I think later we will talk a bit more about because you know now recently um, I've had more experiences uh, being in training as yeah. a coach myself. And, um, but and I those guess two were the were the er, were the earlier ones. Yeah. Well, in those early experiences, I you know for for a lot of people you. you you take a coach, but you don't actually know what a coach is. And you sort of alluded to that before you said, well, okay, I'm hoping this guy will give me advice you know, back in the Netherlands. And, <laughs> and, but in what ways yeah. was coaching back in those early episodes kind of different or surprising mm. from what you thought it was? Yeah, I think um, one thing I, I discovered pretty quickly was that, um, that yeah, so the, the Dutch the Dutchness had nothing or very little to do with it because uh, the coach is on your side. So, so you don't need. Um, I thought I needed somebody who understood kind of my my cultural background or what kind of work life balance I would want or things like that. Um, but the, you know, I, I discovered that it's the coach's job to be on your side and to to get it from your point of view and to think with you and work with you on what you want, what's important to you. So, uh, so, so that was one thing that was um, different from what I thought it might be. Um, and then the second thing that, yeah, that you alluded to it, I think over the years I've found that, um, yeah, it's, for me, coaching really feels like a, a, a safety net in a way. Um, mm. It's, it's a place to where I built trust in myself. Yeah. So, so as you said, it's it's not about advice, uh, not at all. It's about, um, uh, yeah, facing facing myself and my life and my dreams and and my desires and um, and uh, figuring out what it what it can mean to trust that and to move forward in that way. So, so it, it, yeah, it points a lot. I discovered it pointed back to me as opposed to it's about that person, the coach who knows and, and, and gives advice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, I love the, uh, safety net metaphor and, and, um, a good coach is providing that place of safety where where just where anything can be said and you can and be yourself and explore the things that uh, 
you might not otherwise say or allow yourself to uh, say out loud. And, and um, yeah, that's such a nice um, way to put it. Yeah. So, um, mm. and uh, you've already, you mentioned our working together and we met uh, by happenstance. I, um, ha- I just happened to be at the inaugural dinner when um, <laughs> yeah. t- when Tambusu opened in 2011, I was looking back in my uh, my notes and emails, and and um, and we met then, and um, and then some of our our work together was on, um, at, and I was doing some work in engineering, helping engineering faculty be more coach-like. Uh, I had a series of courses yeah. on teaching as servant leadership and um, personal and organizational change agency that I was doing with uh, uh, Dean uh, Channing Soon's uh, design-centric curriculum at the time. And, and, and we talked about um, bringing those things um, in into Tembusu, I'm I'm not sure you know what what portion of the of that of, of bringing those things into Tembusu should our listeners know about. Yeah, um, uh, I think important there is um, uh, you had this workshop uh, called noticing, listening, questioning, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really about. Uh, introducing people to uh, some basic skills of coaching, um, or that's at least one way you know we can describe it. I think um, so, and I and I think from the from the time that I became familiar with that workshop, we we did explore what we could do with that within Tembusu, and it's become part of our um, our workshop series for third year students as a basis uh, uh, for our. Yeah, it's a, it's a personal development workshop series. And noticing, listening, questioning is, is really the backbone or the basis for that because it, it, it makes sure that when people get in a room together, we can create an environment where people really listen and are really listened to um, and where they get to express themselves on their terms and people listen to them that way. Yeah, and so it is. I mean, if we take forward that, yeah, that expression of the safety net. It's in a way, it's um, uh, you know that those skills help to make it safe to uh, be more more open, um, more vulnerable, and to to discuss, you know, and and, and to both self reflect as well as discuss with others. Um, yeah, those important questions. Where where am I now? Where am I going? These are third year students. It's not too long before they graduate. There's so much going on in their lives. There's so much going through their heads. Uh, from you know, yeah, what what internship should I take? And the importance of that for my CV. To um, yeah, what do I want to move forward? Do something with my degree or or not? What do my parents want me to do? What do I want to do? Do I want to stay in Singapore? Do I want to move abroad? Um, yeah, there are lo- there's a lot of things going on, and we we use the workshop series as a as a platform for people to um, yeah build self awareness around that, um, get to look at that and and work with that, and also to really connect with others and be able to hear that from others and appreciate the diver- diversity that we have. 
um, in our college and um, yeah, I appreciate I guess both how similar and how different people are when it comes to these things and and build community that way. So so that's um, that noticing, listening, questioning is um, is something that that remains and that's still very important um, in yeah in that third year workshop series. Yeah, and sometimes people will ask, well, Dave, if you could do one thing that would help transform the university, what would it be? And I, I, mm-hmm. I say, I actually say listening. Uh, if, if we actually, yeah. if we learn to listen, that, yeah. if, if we actually learn to listen and, and um, to each other, that, that a lot of yeah. the problems that we have couldn't exist because we understand the pain that yeah. what, of, of how what we're doing now is, um, is so problematic, but um, yeah. it's maybe a little. It, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's almost a li- it's a little idealistic. Yeah. I'm a practical guy, but uh, having said that, I, I actually I've, <laughs> I've seen where the listening actually works. So, uh, so there's a the engineer in me says, okay, but uh, so maybe it is maybe mm-hmm. it is uh, possible. So yeah, so and so yeah, as these act, go ahead, no, go, nice go ahead and comment. Yeah. yeah, go for it. One of the nice things um, uh, of the of that particular workshop also is that, um, yeah, we do get, so it's, it's, uh, it's required for students in the third year, and we do get uh, students coming in with all different kinds of you know, expectations or maybe orientations to this, uh, this kind of thing, and, and some do come in uh, with, you know, what? Uh, <laughs> noticing, listening, questioning, that does sound rather uh, mundane or <laughs> something I already know how to do. Check. And, Already do um, that. Yeah. 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 And it's and it it is surprising and and um and moving to see that that uh, for most they do uh, um yeah connect with uh, with different ways of listening or coach like listening really other directed listening and realize what that can mean in their lives um, you know and not their professional lives and their personal lives. Um, and that it really, um, it really, really makes a difference. And so, as you've done this, um, I'm not sure exactly how to ask it. You know, you, you know. So you've done this now for some time. Mm. What are some of the takeaways from yeah. having this kind of coaching influence pedagogy at NUS? Um, um, uh, what are the takeaways? What is it? What do you notice that it's done? Um, you know, what what should our listeners hear about that? Yeah, it's um, uh, building on what I what I was saying. I, I think so. We we've recently done. So a fourth year student um, approached me and said she wanted to do a study on uh, uh, this workshop series in particular and uh, what made it have an impact on students um, mm-hmm. and what could increase that impact. And that's been really really uh, eye opening or very interesting. Um, and some of the takeaways for, for me from that are um, uh, that this, these kinds of skills or di- this kind of training or attention for, for uh, this way of interacting has both a great personal payoff as well as a community payoff. Oh, yeah. So there's really something in um, it. So it, it, yes, it is a space for self-reflection, and some students come into that and they really use it for that. And it, and we also hear 
stories like, I have been on exchange, I'm coming back in this environment, I don't know anybody anymore, a lot of the friends I had are no longer here, um, and this connects them back. This, this connects them back, because it's a way of interacting that is very, um, yeah, that, that goes so much beyond small talk, and is a way for people to be seen and to, to see each other and to appreciate and uh, and I think that can what that does on a community level, or basically as a, as a social thing, that for me has been a, a you know a takeaway. I think I I, I kind of knew what it could do in the, at the individual level, but doing this in groups, I feel builds community. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's definitely uh, one of the takeaways. Yeah, the sort yeah. of. Uh, um individual change and or and not a social change or organizational change or community change is uh, that there are tensions between them but then in this case I, I think you're right it there's a complement um, uh, terity complementary um, uh, mm-hmm. effect here let's let's take yeah. another break yeah. our last break and and come back and and um, and and talk about your own journey from at being an academic to becoming a coach. How about that? Okay. Yep. Great. Yep. Big Beacon Radio with our special guest, Catalina Copemans, and uh, we're going to um, talk about uh, how Catalina has uh, recently taken training as a coach and is uh, building her coaching practice. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of 3Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Big Beacon Radio, and our final segment is sponsored by the book that is Rocking Higher Education, A Whole New Engineer, The Coming Revolution in Engineering Education at wholenewengineer.org. 
It's not just for engineers anymore. And we're back with Catalina Copmans from National University of Singapore. We've been talking about coaching experiences and and at Tempusu College and how it's uh, um, affected their third year uh, uh, program and and. Uh, I like to talk of it as creating kind of a coaching culture um, at the place, uh, emerging coaching culture. But uh, Kat, not long ago, you decided to become a coach yourself. And so um, uh, what what motivated that? Yeah, so I, I think this has been brewing for some time. And, uh, and and you had an influence on me because one of the things I uh, so appreciated about you coaching me was that you also let me in on the art um, so that you you were actually training me uh, on and off um, in, in in the art of coaching and I really enjoyed that and uh, and uh, uh, I, I started to to use that more and more um, in various aspects of my job and uh, um, when I read um, the the book uh, Coactive Coaching, uh, that inspired me even more, and I uh, started to ask uh, students I was mentoring whether I could, you know, whether they w- would like to try out me coaching them, and so mm. so I basically began to coach uh, with these resources that I that I had at that time, mm. um, and um, I think. Uh, uh, about a year, a year and a half ago, uh, I had some some experiences working with people in that way, or having coach-like conversations, or doing doing coaching that way. That made me think, "Hey, I, I really want to learn more. I want to mm. be more resourceful. I want to be able to to serve this person as a coach, and I want to to expand my range. I want to, you know, yeah, go deeper into this." Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's then that I, I decided to train, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and go get my my certification, which uh, which is the process I'm in now. Yeah. So, so you're training with uh, global organization CTI, and what you've been doing that now? How long? Yeah. And um, what's that been like for you? Hmm. So started in September last year. Um, so they have a two part program, we could say. Uh, with uh, the first part being uh, in-person uh, weekends, uh, yep. long weekends, uh, intensive uh, with a group uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, some, you know, excellent uh, front-of-the-room leaders and, and assistants. Yep. Uh, and uh, now, I've, so I've completed that part, and now I'm in the second part um, about six weeks into the certification program at the end of which... Uh, uh, I will be uh, uh, a certified coach by the International Coach Federation. So that uh, entails a hundred hours of coaching, as well yeah. as um, and it's a it's a teleprogram. So it's weekly calls and and homework and readings and listening to uh, recordings of coaching and um, things like that. Yeah, and so and uh, the supervision very important. So detailed supervision on um, on how I coach and and. Yeah, yeah. What, what's strong about that and what needs improvement, which is really, yeah. really helpful. Yeah. And then uh, I always thought they, you know, like on packages of cigarettes, they um, 
they print these uh, warnings about you know smoking may be hazardous to your health. I, I think on coach training they need to print a, a, a warning. Coaching may be hazardous to the way that you've been in your life, and uh, and so I'm just curious. Uh, uh, taking training as a coach, and and you you had been coached yeah. uh, fairly extensively prior to doing this, and had done some of it yourself. But yeah. uh, what do you notice about how you've been changed by the by by becoming a coach? Oh, yeah. I've just uh, just this week, past uh, the past few weeks, been working really intensively with. Um, the theme of vulnerability and perfectionism again. Mm. I mean, this is an old theme, but now in the training, this is, has come back uh, yeah. in, a, in a fairly big way. And so it's, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's intense, and it it's uh, it can be a bit. Sometimes it feels a bit raw. So, yes. so my coach uh, was was asking me the other day, how can you create a space for your clients where they can fail and uh, uh, not be perfect if you don't allow yourself mm. um, <laughs> to be that way. Which yeah. is, you know, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good one. Know, yeah, good, yeah, good, powerful question. <laughs> and yeah, so, so you, uh, you can, uh, you can um, relate to that having been, uh, having been trained as a coach yourself. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, but it's it's that also it's that's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah. So, so that is that's both hard and also that is that's the stuff. That's what that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm in it. Yeah. That's the kind Beautiful. of that's the kind of personal growth that I I want, and also what I want to you know bring back. Uh, how I want to serve my clients, and uh, yeah, what I want to. Uh, yeah, show to the world, share with the world. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I was reflecting on it as you were talking. I was reflecting on the um, oh. the way in which the um, the the sharing and and the and you know what um, what motive you know what motivates people to become a coach and the ways in which it actually the mm-hmm. ways in which it feels good to be helpful. And I, and and there's an intimacy and a and a helpfulness, um, which is is related to being a faculty member, but it's different. Um, and and it's it it's certainly more typically. It, sometimes you're close to being that intimate with a graduate student, but it's a different kind of intimacy, and it's a and it's a different kind of. Helpfulness, at least that's that's what was going through my mind as you were talking. Uh, comment uh, on my assessment. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, that, what that brings up for me is, um, uh, yeah, ways in in which I've been thinking about it as as similar. And um, mm. I remember when I when I started teaching, I was influenced by uh, you know going at, to a conference and um, there was a um, uh, speaker giving a presentation, Marianne Delat, and and she started by saying, "I'm I'm a teacher first and a researcher second, which really struck me. And at the end of her talk, um, which I, I don't really remember what what it was about, but I I went to ask her. I said, "I'm a new faculty member. Do you have any advice for me for teaching?" And she said, 
uh, remember that students are your allies. Hmm. And, um, and I've been trying to uh, uh, remember that and, and put that into practice, but I think the coaching has really deepened out for me what that could mean. And um, it's, it, yeah, it's to do with, uh, it, yeah, it, you know, we, in, in coaching we use this, um, this expression of, um, uh, you know, the, the client is uh, creative, resourceful, and whole. And uh, I find it increasingly possible to... Um, yeah, relate to my students that way. To really trust them to figure stuff out. So, so for me, there's a, there's a, uh, yes, there's a difference between one-to-one coaching and being in the classroom. But in yeah. the, 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 the quality of relationship, there are similar things I feel we can build. Yeah. Uh, and that's about, that is about trust. That's about uh, um, positive regard and, and, you know, taking away that an environment where there's a lot of judgment going on. Uh, and also about being real. So there's something about um, not pretending, not doing a little play of I'm, I'm a lecturer, you're a student, and we're doing this kind of dance or play of what that is supposed to look like. But kind of pe- trying to pierce through that. And that, for me, is is a there's a direct loop, or there's a yeah, there's a learning from coaching that makes me understand more what what it could mean to have students be your allies, or for students and faculty to be allies. Well, I was thinking back to what you said earlier about the not necessarily needing a Dutch coach because a coach is supposed to be on your mm-hmm. side anyways, and so it's that kind yeah. of being on your side and and not yeah. not judging uh, also made me think of Carl Rogers yeah. comments about patients that you know patients are like sunsets and you don't suggest that a sunset should be any different than what it is um, yeah. the sunset is beautiful yeah. in and of itself and our clients are beautiful in and of themselves and they don't actually need us yeah. to continue to be beautiful um, but if they wish to do some things yeah. to to get different results in their lives we're there to uh, be helpful to them but that course conflicts sometimes with the gatekeeper role that we play as as faculty to judge and assess and and say whether someone has met some um has jumped Absolutely. through the hoops that are necessary yeah. Yeah. yeah so we've just got a yeah. we've just got a short uh we've got a, a, a few minutes left and and um yeah and other i've actually uh had the experience of other academics uh, kind of moving to coaching as you're doing, what uh, what would you share with a, f- a faculty member or, or a student um, who's thinking uh, about taking training as a coach? What would what advice would you give? What would you share with them uh, from your experience? One thing. Oh, um, do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> so <I'm laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm very um much in love with it. I, I mean, I I do think it's um it's an incredible gift. Um because it's uh it's um you know, it can work on so many levels. Uh and 
one of the things it's really helpful for is getting out of your own way and uh, and, and therefore just being more effective in, in whatever it is that, that, that you want to do and that you're actually doing. And Amen. so I think so I've seen an effect in my classroom teaching from since I started the coach training. Uh, and I think, yeah, you know, um, other people will see that and we'll see that in different ways because, you know, what you will discover is, is going to be different. Um, it's going to be unique uh, in some sense, but incredibly helpful. Yeah. Uh, in being a faculty member, and I think, and and not just teaching, writing as well, research as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think I can bring an authenticity to what you do as an academic. Great. Uh, and Cat. get you to reconnect with with why you started, why you wanted to be an academic be in the first place. In the first place, beautiful. Um, so if yeah. people want to get it, so we need to come to a close. But if people want to get in touch with you, or they okay. want a good coach, or otherwise would like to contact you, how do they do that? Yeah. So uh, at the moment, the best way is to uh, just uh, Google me, and um, uh, there's my university uh, uh, profile as well as my personal website, and uh, contact information is there. And I would love to hear from people uh, anything that that resonated with them and what we've been talking about or their own experiences or journeys uh, related to this. Uh, I'd love to hear it. Catalina Copens, thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me on the show, Dave. Thank you so much. Been listening to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. Special thanks to our guest, Catalina Copens from National University of Singapore. Tembusu College, help transform higher education. Join the movement to unleash a new generation of innovators by learning more at bigbeacon.org. Join us next week, same time, same channel, in our quest to transform higher education. Thank you for tuning in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Please join Dave Goldberg soon for another edition. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For additional information about our programs or to find out about the next show, please visit bigbeacon.org. We'll talk again very soon.